This is Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 11 of The Life of David Brainerd by Jonathan Edwards. Chapter 5. His labors for nearly a year among the Indians at Kaunaumik, temporal deprivations and sufferings, establishes a school, confession offered to the faculty of Yale College, days of fasting, methods of instructing the Indians, visit to New Jersey and Connecticut, commencement of labor among the Indians at the Forks of the Delaware, ordination. April 1, 1743 to June 12, 1744. April 1, 1743. I rode to Kanaumik in the wilderness, nearly 20 miles from Stockbridge and about an equal distance from Albany, where the Indians live with whom I am concerned, and lodged with a poor Scotchman about a mile and a half distant from them on a little heap of straw, in a log room, without any floor. I was greatly exercised with inward trials, and seemed to have no God to go to. Oh, that God would help me. April 7. Appeared to myself exceedingly ignorant, weak, helpless, unworthy, and altogether unequal to my work. It seemed to me that I should never do any service or have any success among the Indians. My soul was weary of my life. I longed for death beyond measure. When I thought of any godly soul departed, my soul was ready to envy him his privilege, thinking, Oh, when will my turn come? Must it be years first? But I know these ardent desires at this and other times rose partly from the want of resignation to God under all miseries, and so were but impatience. Toward night I had the exercise of faith in prayer and some assistance in writing. Oh, that God would keep me near him. Lord's Day, April 10, rose early in the morning and walked out and spent a considerable time in the woods in prayer and meditation, preached to the Indians both forenoon and afternoon. They behaved soberly in general. Two or three in particular appeared to be under some religious concern, with whom I discoursed privately and one told me that her heart had cried ever since she first heard me preach. April 16. In the afternoon preached to my people, but was more discouraged with them than before, feared that nothing would ever be done for them to any happy effect. I retired and poured out my soul to God for mercy, but without any sensible relief. Soon after, 
two ungodly men came with a design, as they said, to hear me preach the next day. But none can tell how I felt to hear their profane talk. Oh, I longed that some dear Christian should know my distress. I got into a kind of hovel and there groaned out my complaint to God and withal felt more sensible gratitude and thankfulness to God that he had made me to differ from these men as I knew through grace he had. Lord's Day, April 17. In the morning was again distressed as soon as I awaked, hearing much talk about the world and the things of it. I perceived that the men were in some measure afraid of me, and I discoursed about sanctifying the Sabbath, if possible, to solemnize their minds. But when they were at a little distance, they again talked freely about secular affairs. Oh, I thought what a hell it would be to live with such men to eternity. The Lord gave me some assistance in preaching all day and some resignation and a small degree of comfort in prayer at night. April 19. In the morning, I enjoyed some sweet repose and rest in God, felt some strength and confidence in Him, and my soul was in some measure refreshed and comforted. Spent most of the day in writing and had some exercise of grace, sensible and comfortable. My soul seemed lifted above the deep waters, wherein it has long been almost drowned. Felt some spiritual longings and breathings after God, and found myself engaged for the advancement of Christ's kingdom in my own soul. April 20. Set apart this day for fasting and prayer, to bow my soul before God for the bestowment of divine grace, especially that all my spiritual afflictions and inward distresses might be sanctified to my soul, and endeavored also to remember the goodness of God to me the year past, this day being my birthday. Having obtained help of God, I have hitherto lived and am now arrived at the age of 25 years. My soul was pained to think of my barrenness and deadness that I have lived so little to the glory of the eternal God. I spent the day in the woods alone and there poured out my complaint to God. Oh, that God would enable me to live to his glory for the future. May 10 was in the same state as to my mind that I have been in for some time, extremely oppressed with a sense of guilt, pollution, and blindness. The iniquity of my heels hath compassed me about. The sins of my youth have been set in order before me. They have gone over my head as an heavy burden, too heavy for me to bear. Almost all the actions of my life past seem to be covered over with sin and guilt. And those of them that I performed in the most 
conscientious manner now fill me with shame and confusion that I cannot hold up my face. The pride, selfishness, hypocrisy, ignorance, bitterness, party zeal, and the want of love, candor, meekness, and gentleness that have attended my attempts to promote the interests of religion. And this, when I have reason to hope I had real assistance from above and some sweet intercourse with heaven, But alas, what corrupt mixtures attended my best duties. May 18. My circumstances are such that I have no comfort of any kind but what I have in God. I live in the most lonesome wilderness, have but one single person to converse with that can speak English. Footnote. This person was Brainerd's interpreter, an ingenious young Indian belonging to Stockbridge, whose name was John Wawampekuanant. He had been instructed in the Christian religion by Mr. Sargent, had lived with the Reverend Mr. Williams of Longmeadow, had been further instructed by him at the charge of Mr. Hollis of London and understood both English and Indian very well and wrote a good hand. Most of the talk I hear is either Highland Scotch or Indian. I have no fellow Christian to whom I may unbosom myself or lay open my spiritual sorrows with whom I may take sweet counsel in conversation about heavenly things and join in social prayer. I live poorly with regard to the comforts of life. Most of my diet consists of boiled corn, hasty pudding, etc. I lodge on a bundle of straw. My labor is hard and extremely difficult, and I have little appearance of success to comfort me. The Indians have no land to live on but what the Dutch people lay claim to, and these threaten to drive them off. They have no regard to the souls of the poor Indians, and by what I can learn, they hate me because I come to preach to them. But that which makes all my difficulties grievous to be borne is that God hides his face from me. May 20 was much perplexed some part of the day, but toward night had some comfortable meditations on Isaiah 41. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God, and enjoyed some sweetness in prayer. Afterward, my soul rose so far above the deep waters that I dared to rejoice in God. I saw that there was sufficient matter of consolation in the blessed God. 
On Monday, May 30, he set out on a journey to New Jersey to consult the commissioners and obtain orders from them to set up a school among the Indians at Kanamik and that his interpreter might be appointed the schoolmaster, which was accordingly done. He proceeded from New Jersey to New Haven, where he arrived on Monday, June 6, attempted a reconciliation with the faculty of the college, and spent this time in visiting his friends in those parts and in his journey homeward till Saturday in a pretty comfortable frame of mind. On Saturday, in his way from Stockbridge to Conaumeek, he was lost in the woods and lay all night in the open air, but happily found his way in the morning and came to his Indians on Lord's Day, June 12, and had greater assistance in preaching among them than ever before since his first coming among them. This concludes episode 11 of Jonathan Edwards, The Life of David Brainerd.